back to unprofessionals asking questions this is episode nine who do we owe thanks to for the loo is that what Are we you said asking me? <laughs> you make this up. yeah i know it was a joke I'm pretty sure it's- we're gonna be talking about ancient hygiene my name's julia i'm sid um and we have a lot today mm-hmm. as so, always <laughs> yeah it could be another long one this also could be all over the place um because it's history and that's how history went yeah <laughs> not in one line it was all over the place yeah seriously but it's gonna be fun i think yeah it will be some yeah. things are gonna be gross oh a lot of things will probably be gross um but so take notes it's how we got here mm-hmm. so washing our hands bathing hopefully you bathe brushing your teeth <laughs> not with urine yeah we'll get to that <laughs> Um, do we have any business before we hop in? I don't know. I guess any corrections from last week? <laughs> no, but I did tell you guys, wait, did I say it oh. in the episode? So I think it is in the episode where I'm like, oh, since left yourself, I'm going to include it at the end, but I'm saving that precious gem for some time down the road. And right. it's going to be amazing. <laughs> we just listened to it and it's the best thing in the world. It's, um, disturbing. <laughs> Um, anything new? Um, no. Oh, it's been one week since I peed the bed. Yeah. No more accidents. No more accidents. No. It was just the case. Yeah. So if you want context to that, listen to our last episode. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to repeat myself (laughs) and that embarrassing story. So yeah. Tune in to our episode eight. Episode eight. I think so. Oh my gosh. We've done so many. I'm losing count. It's just so many. (laughs) Almost awful. Yeah, I know. Don't be able to count them anymore. <laughs> oh, well, I did tell you earlier. I it's been really nice, but I can't go outside for more than five minutes without being miserable because of allergies. But I did go to a greenhouse today. Did you? And I got some pretty baskets for my porches. Did you go to the Amish? Yeah, I went to. <laughs> <laughs> I went right out here. <laughs> I won't disclose where, but it's near. Yeah, I was just talking about them today, except for some reason I couldn't think of greenhouses and I just said, you know, the Amish plant places. Good. Yeah. Yes. And then... You're not wrong. My brain kickstarted again and it was like, greenhouse. Yeah, this weekend I planted like my vegetables and stuff and herbs. Yeah. But we'll see. I've been pulling weeds. I need to. Desperately, a workout. <laughs> Why it was gone all last week when we got all the rain and like my yard looks like a jungle. Jungle needs mode. He's doing it today because mm-hmm. it's like his first day off since he's been back. But mm-hmm. yeah, we need to give our yard and garden some TLC. Yeah, feel that. But yeah, I just was excited about my hanging basket, so Aww. I had to tell you. I forgot to tell you. I got a birdhouse. Oh my god! Hanging on the porch. I. <laughs> I need to have a birdhouse. My dad's obsessed with like just feeding their birds, mm-hmm. even though he says they're getting too fat and they eat too much and they're too expensive. <laughs> Big children. But he has so many. Um, every time I'm out there, it's so enjoyable. So I'm like, I need to get a birdhouse. I want a bird bath too. Mm. Yeah. What a little so You should get one of those like nectar things for hummingbirds. I do have one. I need to get it filled up. Yeah. Oh. 
You said hate birds, but I'm getting into is that, that part of age. I was just yeah. gonna say, is that part it of getting really older? Sneaks up on you. I'm just like watching, like, oh and you know, like I said to you, not on air, but eventually I wanna talk about birds. Birds. And you know, some of their flight formations because they're oh, yeah, you intriguing. About that. So crazy. All right. <laughs> well enough about that. Moving on. Let's get into it. Um, so like we said, we're going to do our best in kind of organizing this, but we did our own research. So we're just going to try and have a conversation, mm-hmm. um, and see where it takes us somewhat in order, but also time, but some might not be. Yeah. We'll do so our best. Just go with it. You'll still understand. Mm-hmm. You'll get the gist. The dates don't matter. It's hung. old. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it was long ago before our time. Um, so I guess we will start in ancient Sumer. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, as some may know, most people might know by now, I don't know, it's kind of a newfound thing, Mm -hmm. but Sumer is the earliest known civilization in um, the historic region of southern Mesopotamia. I'm doing like a map Mm -hmm. in the air for no reason, but it's South Central Iraq. (laughs) Sumer emerged during the like early Bronze Ages, a little bit before that, between the 6th and 5th millennium B.C., and they did find the oldest known city of Eridu. However, they were not really that great at keeping things sanitary. Eridu grew to be one of the dirtiest cities known, like in history, apparently. And that's because they would pile waste up over generations. Like it wasn't yeah. just like, it was hundreds of years, mm-hmm. like generations. And I'm not talking just trash and stuff, like your poo, poo. your urine, yeah. all of the waste. Well, because prior to this too, like... People moved. Mm-hmm. You you could leave everything where it was and pick up and go to another area. But mm-hmm. when they started to permanently settle, things piled up. Mm-hmm. And eventually they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> Literally, you're stepping but, uh, in shit. We need to do something about this. Yeah. So they, like I said, they would just like throw it out their windows, throw it out in the streets. And there was no waste disposal system that they could come up with at that time. Sumerians, however, they were like aware of how unhygienic and polluted surroundings invite disease and ailments despite knowing nothing about germs. Right. So it's ironic that they were like the dirty city, but there is texts and documents that they were aware that Mm -hmm. that would carry diseases. So I don't know. They're so clueless in, I guess, finding solution in the waste management of it all. I'm still surprised I couldn't find something to do. Right. When they even like a location to move it to. Right. Anything. Because like they literally could move it like anywhere. Yeah. Literally. Like I don't because they were smart enough to see the patterns mm-hmm. in that the diseases were coming from not being clean. Right. So I don't know. You really couldn't come up with anything. Yeah, that just blows my mind. And the it, what's also ironic, I think, to it all is like for their personal health hygiene they were really careful like they bathed and everything like that they maintained their cleanliness and we're going to get back to that in like another thousand years or so but it just doesn't make sense to me <laughs> like okay you don't think that your poop is unhygienic like you can't just be breathing that in yeah I- so yeah um that's so that's like the early early bronze ages so there were other early civilizations that also um 
you know, were around during this time, but they were a lot more advanced in their engineering with their waste disposal as Mm -hmm. well as their hygiene. So people in the Indian subcontinent and on the island of Crete were prominent in their hydraulic engineering. The Indus Valley Civilization residents built houses with dried mud bricks or clay bricks using mud as uh, cement. Mm -hmm. Um, And they also built the public baths and private baths in the urban areas. And for these baths to function properly, they would need a sewage system. So, like, all of this was building up to what they needed to maintain their overall hygiene. And I know that we're talking about, like, sewage systems and going to the bathroom, but that does fall in line of hygiene. Just like when you you just heard of Sumerians, if you're having that sitting out there, you're going to get sick. Sick. Super sick. So they accomplished this by building underground drains um, and their secret to getting rid of the filth, unlike the Sumerians, was advanced architecture for that time. So like these drains were built with precisely laid bricks, which constituted a sophisticated water management that was connected with multiple reservoirs. Mm -hmm. And not only was the drainage system connected with public establishments, but also it allowed connected houses through smaller drains that would dump the waste into wider public drains. I thought that was really neat. It, and it, this is so long ago, you guys. So long. This is the this. early Bronze Ages. Mm-hmm. So what, this is like anywhere between 4,000 to... Well, Bronze Ages in general is what, 4,000 BC to 1,100 BC? Mm-hmm. So somewhere in the 4,000 to 3,000 times. Yeah. Wild. I also read that they even had so buildings with like two stories, mm-hmm. two or more stories. They would have um, like bathrooms on these other levels, and the water from the upper levels was carried down through enclosed terracotta pipes or open chutes, and it emptied onto the street drains, which then flowed down. So that's amazing. Yeah, and they found them in like a bunch of different cities. So there is the. Uh, Harappa, Mohenjo, Daro, and then the recently discovered Ra- Rahigari, mm-hmm. which I, I definitely said that last mm-hmm. one wrong. For sure. Um, Rahigari. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, they provide the earliest evidence of the urban mm-hmm. like sanitation. So that's weird. I feel like that's not too bad using terracotta. I mean, no, you right? no, and it wasn't just them. Like the terracotta helped with a lot of. Like I said, them and also the island of Crete, which we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Did you see how they were able to flush their toilets at the time? Their toilet holes? Yes. So, yeah, they would flush it by emptying a jar of water through a clay pipe and into a shared brick drain that would then feed into an adjacent soak pit or cesspit. So, I don't know if this is where cesspit, like the term, came from. Yes, I think it, it is. It? Okay. Because it, for, I, it came up so much during this research. And it was after this. And it, yeah. So... I think that I think so. Maybe I'm wrong. Such a fun word. But like, just for comparison, when we get into um, like the Queen Victoria area era and stuff, the West at that time was lacking so much when it came to plumbing that when uh, like a flush was first used in London by <laughs> Queen Victoria, yes. she Freaked. jumped from the toilet seat and ran away, and she vowed she would never use a mo- modern toilet again. So like, it's crazy that. That was the first, we thought the first flush, but they were flushing toilets back then. Mm -hmm. So, so weird. Yeah. So wild. I thought that was funny too when I read that because did no one warn her it was going to be loud? 
<laughs> no. I wonder how loud it was. Yeah, I wonder if it sounded like to vow. It's never out the yeah. To, to vow that you're never going to do it again. It must have been Maybe terrifying into the the inner world of the earth. Go listen to the episode. Yeah, and so they also had, like we said, sophisticated sewage systems in the like Indus Valley. So those would include. Uh, like drainage channels, rainwater harvesting, street ducks, things that we use now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's to me, I think what's the is the craziest is a lot of times we're taught or a lot of people believe that these people were hunter gatherers, mm-hmm. that they weren't advanced, they were walking around like cavemen, and that's just not the case. No. Like in some parts, they were they were like just as advanced as we were, and without like. The technology we know today. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's still funny to me. Not funny, it's sad. But some people don't realize or they just don't believe that, you know, 2023 years ago there were civilizations for thousands of years before that. Right. And I told you about that <laughs> yeah. last week. Like they I- weren't cavemen at zero. Yeah. Zero. No. And what Sid's talking about is I was yeah. having a conversation with someone who literally thought that human civilization started at <laughs> 2023 years ago. Yeah, year one, right? Year one. That That's when it all started. And that's just mind-blowing to me because, I mean, there was evidence almost like 60,000 years ago. So it's just, we need to rewrite history is what I, I think. Um, but anyways, with... With those sewage systems, they also used step wells. And many courtyard houses had both, like, a washing platform. Mm-hmm. And they also would build a dedicated toilet and waste disposal hole. So, like, the clay that you were talking about, it, I think it was tilted, like, into the hole. I'm not sure. And then it, something would, like, flush it down the drain. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't really picture what that looked like. And then every picture you get is, like, ruins. hmm but it, yeah, it, sound, it seemed like you like pulled the clay pu- plug, yeah, and then it would go down. But to achieve this, they had to be close and like in close proximity to water, like bodies of water, which is what we they think or predict is the cause of their end. Catastrophic flood was the plausible cause of their ending, and then also losing all of that technology and advancement. So, and it's weird because we'll, we're going to revert back now. Like mm-hmm. they had all of those advancements at that time. And then, and then just digression. Yeah. But not yet. Because did you get into the Minoans of Crete Island? Mm-mm. Okay. So I'm going to talk about that before you jump okay. into your thing. Because they're very similar to the Indus Valley um, people. So the Minoans of Crete Island took everything the Indus Valley people invented but they took it like even a step further. They built the multi-story complexes that we now refer to as palaces. So at the time, the palaces were actually distribution centers for large quantities of goods, so like olive oil, wine, grains. I'm like picturing emperors in a group. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and the architecture was extraordinary and well ahead of its time, quote unquote, because mm-hmm. clearly it's not ahead of its time if it's during its time. Right. So I think we need to rewrite that definition. But they had courtyards, sliding doors, external staircases, and monumental stone buildings were braced with wood beams. So like, you know that they were advanced, but it wasn't just their architecture that was advanced. It was their their systems in place as well. So they had developed a systematic evolution of water management. The palace minos of the city 
Nosos had the most elaborate terracotta pipe water management that is known to us now. But it was not just a drainage system like the Indus Valley, because we did say they used the terracotta piping, but water technologies included running water within the palaces. So they had their own running water and also other settlements. They would have drainage systems, piping systems, rainwater harvesting, and also more, any way that they could manage water, mm-hmm. they did. The terracotta pipe served many functions for the Minoans, more than just like the water technologies, or not more than the water technologies. They served many functions with the water technologies. Uh, they conveyed wastewater or freshwater from local springs or stormwater collected from the roofs. Uh, and then they carried that water to reservoir systems, palaces, palaces, sewage and drainage systems, or public water supply network, networks, such as public fountains or open spaces from a spring. So all of this management is going into like their hygiene of fresh water, cleanliness, mm-hmm. um, the bathhouses, things like that. So that's really all I got on the like early Bronze Age, just with the with Crete Island and the Indus Valley. But I think it kind of paints the picture before we get into mm-hmm. the others. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to move into some ancient Egyptian. I love it because that's like my favorite time period. If I'm pretty sure I lived during this time, me too, and during one of my lives, and that's where I want to go back next time. I do want to say. This is another reason we need to like rewrite history. Do you know so many people think that Cleopatra was in ancient Egypt? Really? Yeah. Isn't that sad? Yeah. <laughs> like, so sad. It's like, well, then where do you think the story with Julius Caesar and right. stuff? Like, do you think he was in ancient Egypt? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't get it. You and Caesar, though. Me and Caesar? Yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> Thursday episode, you were like all about him. Was I? I don't even. Scrappy is out. I think we'd cut it out, but you were trying to remember something with him. Oh oh, yeah, I was trying to. Yeah, the Library of Alexandria, Mm -hmm. and it just didn't happen. Yeah, we cut it out except one part. So people were probably like, "Where did Caesar come into?" I forgot all about it. Yeah. But anyways, I just had to bring that up because, again, someone said that the other time. Like, Cleopatra in ancient Egypt. And I was like, Cleopatra was not in ancient Egypt. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Sorry. Okay. So we're going to talk about the Egyptians because they're super cool. And if you know anything about them, they're all about cleanliness because similar to some religions today, cleanliness is next to godliness. Mm -hmm. Is kind of their thoughts on that. And... If they were clean in life, they would be able to live for eternity. Right. So. Makes sense. They were big about it. Which you can kind of tell how much, with how much care they take with like their cosmetics. Because they were always. They were obsessed. Mm -hmm. Obsessed with their cosmetics. Mm -hmm. Which I love their makeup. It's one of my favorite parts. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, they took it, personal hygiene, very seriously. They bathed every day. Some people today don't even bathe every day. I know, which I didn't bathe today yet. Oh, you didn't? I, I like have to to start my day. I have to. I knew I was going to be pulling weeds, so. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. It. I don't know. I feel like it wakes me up. But I do know some people don't mm-hmm. and that you're not technically supposed to. But it does make sense because they had the Nile River. Mm-hmm. So, like, they had direct all the access. <laughs> they did everything they needed. But they didn't have running water. Mm-hmm. Technically. 
Well, it was naturally. Better go catch your water. (laughs) But yeah, so they bathe every day. They also shave their heads to prevent lice or any other diseases. Which is smart. It is smart. And like, I guess they didn't care much about that part of their, like they weren't vain. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. It does surprise me when I think about it. So is that why they put, like, the metal, like, iron gold caps on? Not metal. They didn't do metal. But, like, Most the of the time gold, they wore like, wigs. Well, the wealthy had, like, stuff braided into their wigs. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm... Okay. Either, like, little caps or, like, wigs, I think, is what they mostly wear. Do you think lace was a major problem? It must have been if they realized that they needed to shave Get rid of their hair. Because that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Which is smart to... I mean figure out that it's just attacking the hair and if you get, remove it you're not going to have that problem anymore right we don't do that today to children in elementary school no we should we should, should. humble them <laughs> <laughs> anyway so they would regularly use cosmetics of course so we know by their makeup they would always use perfumes and they would even use breath mints mm-hmm. so I'm like hmm you guys making out a lot back then when you felt like you needed to freshen the breath up? No, just imagine like never brushing your teeth. No, like, and they were just like falling, like you're talking, there's like your disgusting. teeth are just like coming out of you. <laughs> but, um, but their cosmetics were also used for health reasons. It wasn't just to have a pretty face, it was for their health. So they used ingredients in their ointments and their oils and their creams that would help soften their skin. They look more youthful. It would protect them from sunburn. Like it was like SPF, <laughs> which is nuts. I didn't realize how old that could be. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get into uh, towards the very end. I have, I'll come back to like other civilizations that had sunscreen. Nice. Like their versions of right. sunscreen. Um, they would, so some of their makeup too would protect their eyes from like dust and keep the bugs away. The desert and stuff. Mm -hmm. It would improve their self-esteem. So that's healthy. Do they have mirrors though? I'm sure they have. Like how did they know? Like they had. Oh, you would see your reflection in whatever, water. Yeah, but you're doing your like elaborate makeup and stuff. They had a mirror. I'm sure they could use like spoons or whatever. Or other people were doing it. Yeah, true. You I'm think sure. that they had spoons? Do you? They had a cosmetic. That's spoon. like an actual question. Like, do you think they had yeah. utensils? I mean, they had a tool that was a cosmetic spoon for their cosmetics. I would think. But do you think got... it's metal? Like, be, like they That's would wood. see a reflection? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Thank you. <laughs> got there. <laughs> thank okay, thank you. you. <laughs> I was like, we'll get there. Uh, thanks. Um, uh, sometimes there's little things that I forget. That's okay. But when I was I'm just kidding, when I lived in Egypt, I believe that <laughs> there were some there. sort of mirrors <laughs> to do your makeup. Well, with all the same, well, I guess there's no or not. Maybe just other people did it all the time, and you have no idea what you look like. That's why they didn't care if they had shaped heads, right? And I mean, it was mostly the wealthy anyway doing all these things, mm-hmm. having their makeup done. So someone was doing it for them. I'm sure. Does that make sense? The manufacturers of these products, though, took their job so seriously, and they would only use the finest natural ingredients and the most trusted production methods for the products. So things were sold like commercially, but then for the poor who couldn't afford it, because again, it was mostly the wealthy purchasing these because they were expensive. Mm -hmm. If you couldn't afford it, you would try to make your own version at home. Okay. Which, like, (laughs) makes sense. I mean, people even do that now, or... Like in prison, they will concoct their own thing to make their own yeah. makeup. Well, it's even today much more natural if you make your own. 
using the proper ingredients, but you know what I mean? Versus buying things in store with added chemicals. It's true. So you will not catch then, me making my own makeup. <laughs> I don't even know how to apply mine. I'm just being more <laughs> simple. Like, you know, a lip scrub or sugar scrub. Like those are easy. Are they do make them? My mom has made them. I feel like... I feel like chopsticks. Yeah, I guess my aunt made some bones mm-hmm. and stuff. I'm sure there's. Other I'm ones. good. People can make it for me. <laughs> I'll let your mom up. We'll support her. There you go. The average Egyptian would bathe every day, typically in the morning, like you, to wake yourself up. Every household had some form of basin and jug that they used for washing their hands and for showering. Bathing. Also, bathing. They yeah. didn't have a shower. No. It's just a habit. I know. I had to like catch myself. I typed it. Yeah, I did type it and I read it. So (laughs) Um, they they also developed foot baths. So Mm. like, you know, get a little pedicure. Yeah, I bet their feet were ranked. Oh, shoot. I hope this doesn't trigger you. No, I'm good. Okay. I'll be a strong girl. Good. So they would wash their hands or feet and their face before and after every meal. I heard that they like... Or I read that they washed their Before hands that. like crazy, mm-hmm. like all the time. But I also put feet in the face and stuff. If <laughs> for religious like purposes too, or their yeah. beliefs. Mm-hmm. Well, and they probably just realized that they needed to because they go barefoot. Mm-hmm. Most of them would go barefoot, and then if you're like we might mention a little bit more. When you're using their creams and their lotions and their oils, it's typically all over the body. So I'm sure being out in the weather that they would have. Right. Well, actually, with what you just said, in the Ebers Papias uh, medical document from the 1500 BC, from 15 BC, (laughs) from 1500 BC, it describes um, how they combined animal and vegetable oils Mm -hmm. with alkaline salts to form a soap-like material. And they didn't use, they use that for like their bathing and the hand cleaning, like Mm -hmm. you just said, but they also use it for treating diseases as well. I guess that goes along with like your lotions and stuff. Yeah. So it like wasn't just, you know, to pamper yourself. It was also to keep you healthy. Mm -hmm. And I read, and this has to go back to their religion, but the priests were expected to bathe more regularly. Because of the holy, like, holiness? I guess. I didn't go into that because I'm like... "Mm." Not really where we were going, but yeah. Because, like, I was just, what are you doing? Like, you need to... Because what's more regularly if you're already doing it every day? Are you Multiple times a day. Multiple times a day. Why? That doesn't seem... I feel like that would just, like, dry you. Yeah. (laughs) Unless Unless they do rituals, like, throughout the day and they need to cleanse before the ritual. and Yeah. I don't know. But... I thought that was interesting. After they typically, so typically during the day too, after they would bathe in the morning, that's when they would apply their creams. That was similar to sunscreen to their whole body. Then they would apply their makeup, and most of the makeup derived from is it ochre, okra, okra? I don't know. And sometimes mixed with sandalwood, and they would apply that to their face. I love when you ask me to pronounce. Something. I know. I should. <laughs> We usually already look it up and I know. There's times I forget to go back and do that. I think okra sounds good though. Okra. 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 Oh. Maybe it's like ochra. I'm completely wrong. Anyway, so if you ever seen the Egyptians before, you would know that their focus is on the eyes. Like that's where their main makeup is. Mm-hmm. You have the sweet outline, like the the shit I can't do. I want to dress up like that for Halloween. Do the makeup. Do it. I'll be Cleopatra. <laughs> they say you're an ancient Egyptian. Yep. 
triggering. <laughs> and I'll stand there with a rewrite history. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, um, so yeah, so they would apply their makeup. They would focus on the eyes. They would outline it with either green or black eye paint to emphasize their size and the shape. Which I feel like, I mean, I guess maybe it was green, but in my head, I feel like it's more bluish. But it depends on who it was creating like those. Also, like all of the, the paintings and stuff or the hieroglyphs the, mm-hmm. or that we have artifacts maybe the green like washed down to a blue and that, that's yeah. like what we're seeing i kind of thought that too like maybe it was put on green and over time or mm-hmm. just turned that way yeah and also like a lot of it goes like what we think of is what we see whether it be in tv or books and history and stuff and i feel like maybe people just started using the blue mm-hmm. because it for costume purposes look better yeah and so we just like think oh blue instead of green i don't mm-hmm. know unless it is green i'm just like colorblind could be <laughs> to create this makeup they would use ground pigments of green malachite mixed with water to form a paste until eventually it was replaced with black coal which was produced from the mineral galena question mark um that was created by grinding up the natural elements and other ingredients into a powder, mixing them with oil or fat until it produced a cream. Interesting. The cream was then stored in stone or faience pots, which were kept in a case of wood, ivory, silver, or other precious metal. Some of the most elaborate items found in tombs and ruins later on um, and in palaces included these coal cases that were intricately carved works of art. So they had... I mean, it's like makeup jars, you know. That's cool. Decorated the hell out of them. Because, I mean, that they prized them. And so, like I said before, how some of the makeup that they put on was also good for them. The coal specifically was of therapeutic value because it protected the eyes from infections that were caused by sunlight, dust, or flies. So that was what they were using around their eyes to repel the bugs and to, you know, kind of shade it or hmm. I don't know how it really worked for the sun maybe because you would think if you're putting something darker on your eyes it would make the sun worse but no because think about football softball oh, yeah. baseball they players the, they put the like black reflection yeah. that, that comes mainly I think from the sun like mm-hmm. hitting it and now people just do it because that's what they do yeah, yeah, they it play looks at night yeah so look like beasts yeah and then they made stickers. Yeah. I remember yeah. the stickers. <laughs> then Nelly put the band-aid on oh, his yeah. face. But that was white, so that Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what the point of that one was. I don't remember. I don't know. He's cute though. Okay. He came to remember. our like campus fest in college. That's who we got. Fucking Nelly. I think that'd be cool. I mean, it was cool. We were all hyped because, like, young, like, old songs. But then he, like, played some of his new stuff. And we're like, no, 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 no. Go back to early 2000s. It's getting hot in here. And like I mentioned before, like, the creams that they would use would help preserve, like, a look of youthfulness. But it would all, and it would prevent wrinkling. So they even had wrinkling cream. Or anti-wrinkle cream. No, they didn't. Back then. I need that now. I'm starting to get wrinkles. Stop. Yeah. 
it's a natural part of life. I know. I was actually just don't get Botox. I literally just said today I'm gonna make an appointment to get Botox. No, <laughs> but it would help my headaches. Shut up. <laughs> my that's what I, That's what they all say. Well, no, like, but you have to. I've had a doctor before. Yeah, I, I get know. it, but you have to continue it. Why? Well, yeah, I know. Whatever. Take some such a migraine. I just gotta stop talking with my eyebrows all the time. That's the problem. and scowling. I scowl. Yeah. I'm just gonna. This put, this is the worst one. Look, we'll it'll stay. Big thing of duct tape, <laughs> just on your forehead, and I can't move anymore. Okay, that'll fix everything. Anyway, <laughs> so yes, they would have creams to help with wrinkles. They applied all their like their creams and their cosmetics with either their hands, brushes, or a stick if it was cold. So like, like eyeliner. Whoa! Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Imagine getting a stick in your eye though. Like, yeah, have you ever gotten like the bark or like dirt in your eye? Yeah. They were tough cookies though. Yeah. <laughs> they also had cosmetic spoons. Oh. So it was wooden like, or metal? Wood. wood. Mm-hmm. It was wooden. <laughs> and I think that they would just, I assume, put the product in it and that's what you hold them to, yeah. to use it. I don't know what else you would use it for. Yeah, I don't know. Unless you're like scooping things out with it. I guess you could be. They have everything in jars, so yeah. I guess they get it out of the jar, and then maybe they mm-hmm. have like a palette. Or if it's made like right there, if they have ingredients, and they just you know ground it all up and mix mm. it together, and then they have the spoon to scrape out the bowl. Then you just apply. It I wish that you could time travel. Oh my god, that's where I would go. I know it'd probably be one of the first places I would go there, and then maybe come kind of back to the twenties. But I only want to like time travel if I can like stay in my bubble, and I like I want I want to interact, but I also don't want to be like in like Outlander where I like <laughs> am in the middle of a war and yeah, just, just to, like survive. Yeah, I literally I'll just want to observe. The wall. Exactly. But I don't want to literally be a fly. What about a bat? I'll be fucking. <laughs> anyway. They would also apply honey to the skin because they said it would heal and fade and fade um, if they had any scars. Okay, I have heard that like for just like old um, practice. I, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. Not superstitions, but like my mom or someone okay. has said that. And mm-hmm. Same thing with like mud. If you get stung, throw some mud on it mm-hmm. and pulls the sting right out. So I don't know if this is where it originally came from, but. I would say it's old enough to say, yeah, they probably are the first ones to use honey for that. Yeah, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. It, they would also use like crushed lotus flowers and the oil from various plants were used in making all of their applications. Mm. So I don't know if the lotus flowers is just for like scent. Do they have like a nice smell? Mm-hmm. A lot or, of lotus is in a lot of like perfumes, I feel like. Yeah. Or like fragrances. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was just for the smell or if there was actual, like, healing properties in it. That's why they used it. Mm. But for the wealthy, so the upper class and for the king, they would employ manicurists to take care of their fingernails and their toenails. Because, again, at least for their feet, I understand, because if they go barefoot, they need to take care of their feet Mm -hmm. for sure. And when you're wealthy, you want them to look good. So they would actually hire people to do that job specifically and it's not like what you see at a salon today they mostly just have like a small knife and a file word that's scary <laughs> wow so I'm it was not a big knife i don't know i'm picturing a little pocket knife <laughs> and like just like a little shake all the dirt out under the toenails yeah like the pics you get in like mm-hmm. your little kits yeah and just kind of 
cleaning those out. We're good. We can filing. You can say fingernails, yeah, and then you know put them in the foot bath, clean them up. Yeah, maybe do a little massage on the feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, I'll move on. Yeah, she doesn't like feet, you guys. No, it's I don't know. I know it sounds childish, but move on. No, we're on opposite sides of the spectrum on that. <laughs> Um, but they would also rub ointment into their feet to repel insects and to block the sun as well. So a lot of like a lot bug of and sun repellent. Bug sun or bug sun and feet mm-hmm. were like their focus. It mm-hmm. seems. Oh, and I did look this up. So how, did you come across the term? Oh, I forget how to say it now. Unguents, unguents, unguents. I don't know. It's kind of like an oil in a way. I don't know. For what? Like, it's in their products. They had a lot. I know. They would rub it. I knew they were obsessed with cosmetics. I'm glad you got into this. (laughs) They would rub rub it all over their body, and they would especially use sweet smelling and potent mixtures, which would go under the arms and around the legs. Oh. They stinky. Stinky, stinky. Uh, Most popular and the best known perfume was called, I don't know if I'm saying it right, it's either Kefi or Kaifi. It's K Y. I love the smell of Keef, though. Not the same. Thing. <laughs> Just kidding. I am really curious what this would smell like, and I would love for someone to try to make it so I can smell it. Because it was made from frankincense, myrrh, mastic, pine resin, cinnamon, wow, cardamom, saffron, juniper, mint, and other herbs and spices. I bet that smelled pretty good. The scent was described as elevating, <sighs> and. If one could afford it, which it was very rare Mm -hmm. because they couldn't make this here, I'm pretty sure. I don't think they had all of the materials. Yeah. I forget which one it was, but I'm pretty sure it was like shipped there. Not shipped, but, you know, brought into Egypt. (laughs) And um, so the ones who could afford it, which were the very wealthy, they were envied by everybody because it was just so rare and expensive. And it was primarily because of that used in temples as incense burned for the gods. Hmm. The less expensive and more common perfumes that other people could afford or make themselves were made from flowers, roots, herbs, and other natural elements that were ground into a paste and then combined with either fat or oil or cream or made into a cone of incense, which I don't know what kind of fat they use in this. If it's like animal fat, I think probably. Yeah. I don't know. I was thinking plant fat maybe, but <laughs> come again? Is that a thing? Are you fucking joshing me? I'm just messing. Okay. Um I was gonna say I was gonna say human fat, but then I'm like, I think that would be funnier. <laughs> it was. Sounds like there's a lot of fat like, wait a there. second. Whoa. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so they would make it into either a cream or a cone of incense. And I'm unclear on do they, like, just burn the incense and they kind of stand in the smoke? Or do they... Because I guess there's, like, some artwork from them at, like, parties or gatherings where they would, like, wear, like, a cone on their head. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so some are like, was this incense that they were burning? Like, but that doesn't make much sense. Yeah. can't just, like, wear that around and then what do you mean the cone would smoke yeah it'd be like a cone of incense you're not gonna put that in your head unless you like gather the smoke from the incense and cap it on i think it's burning i don't know hmm. 
That doesn't sound like a fun time for a party. You're constantly worried about your head catching on fire. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so um, their deodorant was made in the same way as their perfumes were, but it was less fragrant than the perfumes. One method to make the deodorant was to mix in ostrich egg, nuts, tamarisk, and crushed tortoise shell with fat, mix into a cream, and apply it. And then another recipe was to mix lettuce. <laughs> I don't know why it just I get stuck on the lettuce part. Lettuce, myrrh, incense, and another plant, and um, they would create a paste out of that one. Weird. I know. Juices from fruits were mixed with frankincense or other spices such as cinnamon, and put into some of them as well. And that would be like one of the more fragrant ones, I would assume, because frankincense and cinnamon are potent mm-hmm. smells for sure. Um, and since they would shave their heads, like I mentioned before, they would wear wigs. It prevented mice. It was more comfortable in their climate because of where they lived. It was, I mean, picture Egypt, ancient times. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the wigs were typically made of human hair until horses were introduced into Egypt, and then they would use both horse hair and human hair. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. They would make wigs in different styles for different occasions. But again, that was mostly like the wealthy that had different wigs. The wealthy could afford the best wigs, which were sometimes braided with jewelry or fine gems, and they were often perfumed to smell nice. The poorer people of the lower classes wore wigs made from papyrus plants or just a simple head covering. So they were big on cleaning their teeth as well, which is great. We talked about the breath mints, but they also actually cleaned their teeth. So the toothpaste was invented before the toothbrush was for them. The ingredients of the earliest toothpaste are not known, <laughs> but there's a later recipe that calls for a mixture of mint, rock salt, pepper, and dried iris flour. Doesn't sound terrible. Mm-mm. They would grind it up into powder and apply it to the teeth and the saliva would turn it into a paste, which I've seen powder. Have you seen like that charcoal mm-hmm. powder that you dip a brush in, you mm-hmm. start brushing your saliva, turns it into? Yeah. There's actually another civilization that used charcoal. Oh, really? whitening. Mm-hmm. Are you going to get into that? Mm-hmm. Nice. So they would eventually create the toothbrush as well. And it was first just a stick with one end of it frayed into a brush-like fan. Hmm. So kind of like similar to, to, to what we what evolved into. Yeah, but very, mm-hmm. very early stages of the prototype. Yeah, did we include that in our like post for? I don't know if that was in a. I included an early, an early tooth, toothbrush, but I yeah, not quite there. It, that was like a mm-hmm. quick grab because <laughs> I'm picturing it more like fanned out. Yeah, like a fan. Mm-hmm. So kind of like your highlighter, like yeah. Your little mm-hmm. sweet brush, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know brushes. I probably don't even use the right thing for the right. <laughs> I use it for eyeliners, but we'll I never we'll call it a fan brush. You know, so that'd be hard to. I feel like brush your teeth with. I don't know. I'm picturing just like doing the front because how do you? It might have been kind of hard. Yeah, like pokey. Oh yeah, like they went like this. How maybe up? Had to hurt the gums. Yeah, I don't know. Oof. So eventually, that toothbrush developed into a little more advanced version of it. And it was then a notched stick with thin strips of cut plant that were tightly bound into the notches. And these created bristles. I didn't have a picture of this one either, but I'm trying to picture like, so you have a stick, it's notched. So like cut out, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm picturing. And 
thin strips of plant were tightly bound into the notch. So kind of like the notch yeah, wrapped around into the notches around. and then it was yeah, kind of... gave it like that curved shape. Mm-hmm. So that's what they created bristles out of next. But again, it evolved into something much easier that we use today. Yeah, but a lot of people <laughs> didn't use that. Then they went like a long time. Like there was a lot of civilizations that didn't even have brushes. So it's mm-hmm. like so wild that... You'll see that in a lot of things. Like these ancient civilizations have the tools that we used mm-hmm. and then they got lost mm-hmm. in history. Well, there was really any communication back then. Yeah. To know what the so other... So the people who are like given credit for the invention, they didn't mm-hmm. even invent it. No, it was a thing in some form. Yeah. A long time ago. And throughout the day to keep their breath fresh, they would suck on breath mints. Like I mentioned before. And these... I did read where I believe they would chew on just mint leaves, mm-hmm. but they had also created actual like candies to suck on. Mm-hmm. And they were made both commercially and at home. So depending on what you could afford and you made them by mixing frankincense, cinnamon, melon, pine seeds, and cashews together, which there's no, I didn't see mint in this part. So I thought that was weird. I'm sure there was various like types of breath mints, but this one, I was like, oh, frankincense, cinnamon, mm-hmm. melon. They use frankincense for a lot. Yeah. Pine seeds and cashews. I can't imagine that tasted great. It's not amazing of it. I'm just yeah, kidding. I don't know. They would grind them into a powder. Oh, and they would add honey to it, so it would get a little bit sweet. And they would heat it over a fire and then let it cool a little bit and form it into small candies. And a lot of, the, like... In the ruins, after they, you know, excavated things, they would find a lot of what looked like candy dishes mm-hmm. in their homes. So they assume it's probably just dishes full of these mints. mints. And like I mentioned before, they didn't have any running water at the time. But, of course, the wealthy had a sort of, like, wet room or shower room. Mm-hmm. Or, I guess, bathing room. But there would be a drain on the floor that allowed accumulated water to escape so they could drain it out. The sewers weren't really a thing yet, so bathroom waste was typically dumped into the river or onto the street. Mm-hmm. Toilets were constructed of limestone for the wealthy and of wood for the poor. There was a small container that sat beneath the toilet seat, and it was filled with sand and would regularly be emptied. It's weird that they had all these other things, and yet they were still dumping things into the street or well, the river. That's what I was going to say with this, too. Like, I'm glad that you focused on the other things, but a lot of it I found was, like, they were hygienic, but, like, the Sumerians, they didn't know how to get rid of mm-hmm. waste, so they would just throw it out in the open. Mm-hmm. And, like, those communal dumps and areas, I guess, like, what are they called? Like, cana- irrigation canals or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, that caused the vermin and the diseases. Yeah. And they would spread, like, all over the civilizations, which is, like... The plagues were a common occurrence in those ancient civilizations. And like, I'm sorry, they like played a big role in not only defining the mythologies, but also like this, their gods, mm-hmm. like these diseases and stuff. But it's like, how did you not put two and two together? Like you're yeah. being so cleanly. You're like being smart about a lot of things. But you're just dumping your waste in the mm-hmm. streets. It doesn't make yeah. sense. Or the water. Yeah, the water that you are bathing and yes. drinking in. Like that you are going and getting buckets of and bringing back. And that's like you said about, um, like they weren't near water. They didn't have uh, like invention for running water or plumbing and stuff. So they had like the water carriers. So it was really only the rich who could afford like hiring someone to be said 
water carrier. Mm-hmm. And no one's taking those. They're like reusing that water. It's disgusting. Yeah. Agreed. It's so gross. They would also, so like how they would shave their head, they would also shave their armpit hair or they mm-hmm. remove it because they believed it, they'd be cleaner without it, mm-hmm. which I kind of, I mean, on some bad days, if I let it grow, I'm, I'm feeling kind of gross after a long day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I kind of get it why you would feel that way. Um, so they thought it would maintain their cleanliness and their hygiene. They would use a variety of methods to remove the hair. They would wax, they would tweeze, and they would use the, the like depilators. Is that what, is that what they are? So like the, you know, the metal oh, yeah, yeah. springy things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they would have all those methods, which we use all of those today. We are. Yeah. I don't know what, like how they would make, create those. Oh wait, I said creams. I'm sorry. So the depilators wasn't like the metal. It was the creams. Oh. So it was like re- hair removal cream. Okay. Which makes more sense. That does make but, more sense. Uh, <laughs> I skipped over that word. But so that's like they had like ancient Egypt nair. I used to do nair and it would burn so oh bad. I felt like I would like my legs would bleed after it. I didn't use it on my legs. Oh, and it no. I went to see naive, stupid young girl. Yeah, there's not great. It's probably improved since then, though. I'm sure you can use it now and be fine. I, I, I mean, I just now. used it a few years ago and it's still like, oh. I have sensitive skin now. Like, it, so do I. <sighs> I have used beet Mm-mm. and that has worked. Hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe they're different. So, they had something to that effect back then as well to remove the hair, which I just, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. But so morning to evening, the cosmetics and personal hygiene were a part of every ancient Egyptian's daily rituals, since a primary goal of their life was to make their existence worthy of eternity. So they did all these things to have a better life in the present and in the afterlife. But yet still miss it still. Missed the food. Very, very important thing. Yeah. Okay, so still during this the like bronze ages kind of grouped in so like egypt that was over like all the bronze ages in a sense we're not like completely dating them but i am going to go back to and focus on the 3000 bc where the ancient romans um this and we're gonna bring the romans up a couple times but during the early bronze ages the ancient romans invented lead-lined water pipes and tanks Mm -hmm. um didn't realize how bad lead was back then oh my god <laughs> dude so many people use like yeah we'll get to we'll get into that people still find lead pipes yeah and things so the rich would pay private water companies for their drinking water and other needs at this time which again i just think is like interesting that mm-hmm. that was even implemented um and but it is important to like note that it it actually wasn't much better water supply than the peasants were using. Mm-hmm. So they were like paying all this yeah. to be brought in, but it wasn't really that much better because people didn't know how to get rid of their waste. Mm-hmm. And most water systems were made from elm trunks and domestic pipes lined with lead. Water was stored in large lead tanks and often became stagnant. You know, they at least knew how to start inventing some water infrastructure, mm-hmm. you could say, but very problematic, very unhealthy. 
Yeah. So I said that we were going to get back to the Sumerians, and this is also in the Bronze Age, but it's kind of like the middle of the Bronze Age that this event happened. However, it wasn't found until an excavation, Mm -hmm. like in recent years. So during the excavation of ancient Babylon, the earliest sign of soap or soap-like products were found in clay cylinders at many historic sites of Mesopotamia. So it's thought that they used the soap for you know yeah, cleaning really no for sure yeah and it's not like it was labeled soap they right. didn't call it soap they just said it, it said like what fats were boiled with ashes yeah so there was like inscriptions on the side of the cylinders that said exactly that fats were boiled with ashes mm-hmm. but they did not refer to it as soap mm-hmm. um and again i don't i've never looked up where the term soap comes no, from um so I don't know what they would even call it then. Mm-hmm. But it is believed that Mesopotamians made the very first soap by cooking fatty acids from cows, sheep, and goats and mix the mix it with water and alkaline substance and wood ashes. Mm-hmm. And I just think think that's interesting because I was like, what made them mix all those things together? Right. But it what I found was it was most likely just from cooking and letting we get distracted now. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're cooking, but you have to walk away for a minute. And then you notice that things like settle and it hardens or before you're scrubbing the pan or whatnot. Yeah. So then they realize it would like form into this bar of soap or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, how do you, what made you determine we're going to use this to wash? I don't know. I guess they just didn't want to waste something. Yeah. And so they're like, maybe they had trial runs of using it for other things before it was like, well, this kind of helped get the grip off right. so we'll stick with this <laughs> and similar to the ancient egyptians the ancient israelites also took a very keen interest into hygiene so um moses gave the israelites detailed laws governor per- governing personal cleanliness and they also related that cleanliness to health and religious purification mm-hmm. again like the egyptians and biblical accounts suggest that the israelites knew that mixing ashes and oil produced a kind of hair gel so mm-hmm. they would like gel back like slick back their hair and have more of like their material not materialistic but they would have a aesthetic yeah pleasing look mm-hmm. so interesting they didn't know about soap but they were like let me gel this hair let's <laughs> <want> do it <laughs> so next let's get into ancient greece a little bit because they really valued hygiene from what i could see bathing was very important to them part of daily life greek athletes would actually so they would have these sweat scraping tools did you come along across those at all Mm-mm. i forget what they're called i think they're strigle or strigle it was like a curved metal tool like in my head like a spoon kind of i don't think it, it wasn't but like <laughs> they would scrape off their sweat ew it's gonna <laughs> fucking towel it's so gross it's gross um, like, their sweat dry and they had to scrape it well i think it's just like a squeegee I mean, their athletes were like i'm sure they were intense so they just had sweat dripping off them so i'm sure they- so it's like a squeegee yeah okay <laughs> a squeegee um the bleed it would keep their skin healthy and it would improve athletic performance, <laughs> I guess. But they also, I think they, they scraped off the sweat and they, they would keep it and then they would reuse it, believing it like nourished the skin. Interesting. I think gross. I wouldn't be trying to sweat back on. Trial and error, baby. What I found was that Greeks understood that regular bathing correlates with better health. Mm-hmm. Um, but before they got to that theory, they the only time that they were bathing was just like in ice cold baths. It, like before they got to the better health theory, they didn't necessarily 
do much with the bathing. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Like, ice cold. Not... I mean, people do it now because apparently it's healthy, but... I've ended showers with cold water. Uh, yeah, you're supposed to. But... but there's some days you just can't do that. I do not have the discipline for that. It's tough sometimes. When, when you shave your legs and then you get cold... It's like, what was the point in shaving your legs? And it hurts. Yeah. They're like pokey. And I don't want that after... No? Thank you. But it is technically supposed to be good for you. But it would make sense if it's like mostly the Greek athletes that mm-hmm. are bathing in cold water after... Well, I don't think they, I don't think they knew that for like muscle recovery or anything. <laughs> no, I'm sure it just like felt good. Yeah, I guess. Um, but the people of Lekanoko, Lekanoko near Sparta, I'm sorry. Sparta. Yeah. <laughs> were the first to invent hot air baths. So this is when like bathing really started becoming a little bit more popular because you could take a warm bath. More comfortable, mm-hmm. more desired. And those baths were warm with hot coals or rocks and soon became a thing of luxury among Greek nobility. So it wasn't really everybody who got to do this, but it, it did inspire them to build public bathhouses in almost every city. And when it came to toilets, they actually took a step back from the Minoans that were in mm-hmm. the island of Crete and they invented Uh, that were invented a hundred years ago. Like the bathroom technology was nothing more than bench seats with a hole. Mm -hmm. And people sat next to each other in the open with no walls, no dividers. It was a public gathering of shitting. Yeah. And instead of like other civilizations, I found they kind of used like water, kind of like a bidet, but they just used something to like Mm -hmm. splash it up and whatever. So instead of using water, they wanted something a little bit better for wiping themselves, but they didn't know what that wouldn't be problematic. But they knew if they used the papyrus, it would be disrespectful Mm -hmm. to the Egyptians. So they went with the idea that they would use tiny rocks or pebbles to wipe themselves. And I'm still trying to picture this in my brain. Okay, first of all, you're using tiny things. Why? Like, how are you? They're probably on your, it's probably on your fingers now. Yeah. Which, because I was, I don't know, I shouldn't be thinking about this, but I'm like, what was their poo like back then? Right. Because yes. I'm like, I, I kept thinking, oh, it had to be solid. It had to be healthy. No. But there, no. I don't think it was. It probably was. It was probably a mess all the time. And very sticky. Can you imagine going to well they had public baths and public bathrooms? Could you imagine either? The stench. I mean the bath wouldn't be as bad, but like the bathroom. The smell. Just like everybody they're hot, sweating, pooping and side I don't by think side. Back then you wouldn't want that either. And you'd be trying to pick the furthest pot away from everybody else if you could. If you could. Mm-hmm. But like I don't know, is everybody on the same schedule? Right. They weren't going at the same time as that many people. Could you imagine if it was all full and you, like, couldn't? No. Well, and, like, what do you talk about? Hey, what you do this morning? <laughs> I don't know. Like, was, what do you? Was that your accent for... Where are we right now? <laughs> Greece? Is that your Greek accent? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I wasn't trying to do that. But we'll move on from the poo for right now because we. There's I do. I do talk. I do talk about number two do a do. lot. I do 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 too. Poo, 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 and the loo. <laughs> okay, we're amateur. So the ancient Greeks, they bathed for aesthetic reasons, like and regularly, but they apparently did not use soap. They cleaned their bodies with blocks of clay, sand humus and ash uh, and then anointed anointed themselves with oil and scraped off the oil and dirt with a metal instrument known as a straight oh yeah that's what i mm-hmm. oh 
Should I use so it they use it for striggle? sweat. What'd you call it? I don't know. Striggle or striggle. They would use it for sweat. And then I guess after they just dating, use to scrape their bodies. They, I guess. Yeah, they just scrape their bodies with it. So I'm picturing they're not using soap. So the sand would be a good option. It's like an exfoliation. Yeah. Pumice would hurt. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, it would have to, unless pumice was different then. But like, no. <laughs> yeah. What was the other one? Oh, the Oils? Ashes. And then ashes. they anointed oh, themselves clay. with oil, clay. Mm-hmm. Clay, how would ha- wouldn't that make it more dirty? <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure about the clay. <laughs> but they also but used it oil with ashes. So I don't know if like they mixed it together and then you'd have ash on yourself. Maybe the ash was just for like the smell. Maybe it took off like the other smell, overpowered it. Maybe. Yeah, I really couldn't understand why the ash like, why was. Why would you use ash? Because, like, you know how it smudges, like, mm-hmm. on you and stuff? And it's really interesting because, so this is at, like, the end of the Bronze Age. So around 1200 BC. Um, that's when they, really, really started seeking a pale skin and blonde hair vibe aesthetic. Which, why? Obsessed with. Which is ironic because, like, you go to Greece now to, go, you know, and get a tan. Yeah. The sun and stuff. And why they were tan. They wanted to make themselves like paler. Isn't that but crazy? you're using ash? They wanted like blonde hair. Blonde hair, pale, pale skin. skin. like Aryan. Mm-hmm. Which going back to even the hollow earth theory, that mm-hmm. that's like what the pure. I don't know, it's so really crazy. weird. Why do all these civilizations want the blonde hair, pale skin? That is me now, but not naturally. It's been me my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> pale as shit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Blonde hair, except for like last year when I went through that phase. It was cool. My quarter life I know, but like my memories come up and I don't even recognize myself in the pictures. I'm like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> Weird. <laughs> so to seek that or to solve the problem of not having pale skin, mm-hmm. they whiten their complex their complexion. <laughs> they whiten their complexion with chalk. Yeah. Like which what? Um, that was not good for the respiratory system. No, they're just breathing that in. Inhaling chalk all the time. They were obsessed with looking like a ghost. That is so weird. And you know, because of the respiratory problems, they later replaced chalk with toxic lead powder. Yep. And that was so, by 200 BC. Mm-hmm. Which, like, what the fuck? What's up with the lead? At least the Egyptians used mostly good things in their products. Yeah. Like, they were healthy. No, like, the Greeks. Sh- these were the philosophers. Shouldn't they have, like, been able to put I, something together? More doctors, I guess. Medicine, so. Yeah, and then, you know, they also had, like, their... They fashioned, like, a crude lipstick out of the okra clay mm-hmm. which was laced with red iron yes again like, yeah just weird they did have an oral hygiene they would chew mastic a plant resin derived from the mastic tree to keep their breath fresh and maintain the teeth cleanliness mm-hmm. and then they would also use twigs as toothpicks and brushes to promote their oil oral hygiene um i guess that was like pretty commonly known throughout the word hygia oh yeah we didn't say this i didn't say this in the end which we should have so yeah hygiene comes from hygia which was the greek goddess of health (laughs) and was the daughter of asclepius i didn't bother putting that in line because i'm like eh, the god of medicine but yeah yeah. medicine she's health it really doesn't matter Mm -hmm. yeah why do i need to include her dad yeah, she's see, her own fucking mom. Yeah. Yeah. Shame on me. She's her own goddess. 
And Greek physicians actually dedicated entire schools to the art of health because of her. Mm -hmm. So I think, like, it's kind of cool that hygiene does come from there. And eventually they kind of got there, but Mm -hmm. they weren't that hygienic. No. Like the Greeks, Romans also paid a lot of importance to oral hygiene. They were pretty much willing to keep anything in their mouth to keep it clean and healthy. (laughs) Like, literally, they were just like, let's put it in there. Let's... Let's see if this works. They were actually fascinated by the composition of urine. Yeah. As we know now, urine contains a wide array of important minerals and chemicals such as phosphorus and potassium. Mm -hmm. They had no idea that these two minerals were even in urine, but somehow they figured out that something in like the contents of urine would help make their teeth whiter and prevent decay. Mm -hmm. Who the fuck tested this? I need to know. Because that's not a one-time thing. Oh, I drink my urine. It's look how curly, like yeah, look how, how white, white my teeth are. Look how fresh no, my breath is. Someone had to have done that yeah. consistently, but it wasn't just human urine. They also used animal urine. Yeah, it wasn't just like they were rinsing it out and stuff. They put urine in their mouthwash. They put it in their toothpaste. Mm-hmm. They they lived and died they by this. Somehow figured out, believed that had antibacterial properties in it, and I just don't understand how. No. Wonder how sick they got. Ugh. Maybe their immune systems it, were like so good. If they ate asparagus. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> I fucking would. They could have smelled wonderful regardless. Can you imagine having that batch of urine to drink. Oh, and like they weren't drinking or not water drink either. Use it as a mouthwash, use it to brush your teeth. <laughs> oh, and they also thought, believed it removed stains and they started using it to wash their clothes. Yeah, I got to that later. Yeah, like, uh, but when they got to it removing stains, they decided that it was no longer good for their mouths. So they like moved on to the clothes. Yeah. Well, and I think they added in using lye and ashes again. They're these. I don't really, I'm really obsessed with ashes. I don't know what that's doing. I make a lot out of ashes, but I don't understand washing your body or clothes in ashes. Well, oh, this is white ashes, maybe, and whatever no color they're... Well, your white ashes are still, well, like, what color smudging, are right? Like, what color are they wearing? I don't Brown. know. Do they have all different colors? Weren't they wearing, like, white? I have no idea. I just picture a lot of, like, ancient civilizations wearing white. Yeah, why do we do that? Because <laughs> of the Greeks? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, why do we do I that? I don't know. Because I feel like I'm white was probably actually kind of, well, cotton. What were they making? I'm sure. I don't know. I just, because wouldn't it be cheaper to wear white? Like, wouldn't the wealthy wear stained clothing? Colored garments? Yeah, because it has to be dyed and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that would be rare and expensive. Yeah. I assume so. Well, it probably just looked brown by the end of it all because they were washing it shit and ash. <laughs> Piss and ash. Did you look into like their wiping techniques in uh, ancient Rome? Yeah. So I saw that they would use wool. Yeah. They like, they ditched those pebbles. Yeah. They were like, you guys tossed, are not onto something. Toss stones. They were like, let's use wool. That would be much easier, more comfortable, more sophisticated. And then they would use rose water as well. Yeah, I saw that. And like a hundred years after this point, so I think this was around 400 to 300 BCE. Oh, and I know Julia says BC and I say BC. It's the same thing. Yeah. And I... Before Christ, because she loves God and mine is before common era. (laughs) I just don't want to say the whole thing. I'm going to change that for now. She also says A-D and I say C-E. Because again. <laughs> no, 
know, but I should refer to it as that because I have a lot of Okay, BCE. My B C E. So anyway, around I don't know what year at this point, but a hundred years later, after their wool and rose water technique, the more common tool to use was a sponge soaked in salt water. I think this was the tersorium, right? It was a yes, sponge it's called no. So they started with the sponge soaked in salt water, and it wasn't for like two hundred years until they, they got the, the tersorium, which was a sponge on a stick, which. And that literally trans tesorium translates to wiping thing. <laughs> but now it pretty much it's known as a poop stick. Like that's poop what stick. people like even historians are like, oh, it's yes. a poop stick. And I saw that sometimes it was just used once, sometimes it was used several times, sometimes you would share it. So like before yeah, so they had the public baths and the public toilets, and those were called four Ks, I believe. Yeah. Um and then with that, they you know, how to develop their wiping system and stuff. So with these sponges, they were like, oh, like, they must have been like, oh, they're going missing. Like, how do we keep them here? Mm-hmm. So they put them to a stick. And then I think they attached it to, like, uh, I have here the gutter supply, like, cleaning flowing water. Mm-hmm. So they would, like, dip the sponges. But it was – it's a public bathhouse, so it's yeah. all communal. Like, literally, one person's wiping, and if that person has intestinal worms, the whole community has intestinal worms. Yeah. So, clearly, that was a problem. I feel like it'd be harder on a stick, too, versus just holding the sponge. (laughs) But maybe some couldn't reach properly. Maybe you had to help other people. Well, and you're in close corners, so maybe you're not, like, Mm -hmm. you can just, like, put it back there rather than, This is all in front of other people. Yes, again. So, fun time. Um, And also, I read that the lack of light in cramped spaces, often people would miss the hole. People miss the hole now. Yeah, but, like, could you imagine, like, you sit down and, like, you sit in? No. I can't. (laughs) Cannot. I did read, too, that by 19 BCE for them, their public baths, they had up to 800 of them operating. Yeah. yeah, At the height of their popularity at the time. Like, 800 public baths. Yeah, and I think 33 BCE, um, they had 170. So, like, it it increased quickly. Mm -hmm. Also, when we think about ancient history, I feel like we don't think that there's a lot of people back then. But there were. Yes. Like, a lot. Mm -hmm. Especially, like, jammed into these cities Mm -hmm. and stuff. Like, it wasn't rural living. Like, there were. But you had to be in the city to probably work or trade you were a servant things Mm -hmm. like that like there were a ton of people yeah um so i also read that this was around 100 ce Mm -hmm. and the ancient romans also developed the cesspits which were developed before but they like came back Mm -hmm. were you gonna say something no i wanted to get to the cesspit part oh okay (laughs) Um, and these were usually, like, in the cellar or garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw that they had, like, a latrina or a latrine, which was a private toilet in someone's home. And that was usually over, like, its own cesspit. Mm-hmm. It had to smell. Did you see that um, in a Roman emperor's yes. wall, the floor collapsed, <laughs> yes. sending dinner guests in the cesspit where some drowned? Yes. So they had... Imagine if that was your dad. This Roman emperor had guests over for dinner. Happens to be over their cesspit and the floor collapsed. Look how bad the guests planning. fall into the cesspit and some of them drown in the cesspit. That has to be on a 
thousand ways to die. <laughs> yeah, it seriously has to be. Probably is. It's disgusting. Disgusting and like, that's not how I want to go. Mm-mm, no. So now going back to the whole urine thing. So not only were the Romans kind of obsessed with urine, but also in ancient India, they would take cow urine baths. So you know, the cow is sacred to them. I was just going to say I shouldn't laugh because mm-hmm. it makes sense. The cow is sacred. They don't eat cow. They take their urine. And they'll bathe in it. It was believed that the cow urine had purifying properties and it was used for bathing and for washing. They would mix cow urine with water and use it to clean themselves as well as for religious rituals. So purifying baths. And I did read somewhere like briefly, I didn't get into it because whatever, but like modern day, they've tried using it against COVID. Oh, really? Yeah. But again, I didn't get into it because I'm like, eh. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe we should not day. a thing anymore. So no, it just disappeared. It's gone. Bye bye. The masks came off and it's gone. Yeah. So I just wanted to throw that in there on India because I thought that was interesting. I didn't really have anything else on them, and I don't even know really the time frame that they were using this. But it sounds like they still kind of use it today. That's very interesting. Kind of on our rough ancient civilization timeline here for personal hygiene, I had ancient China next, around 100 CE. So they developed a system of public baths and toilets, and they used various herbal remedies for personal hygiene and medicinal purposes. They used human waste as fertilizer. I don't know if you've seen that. Um, and in some societies, such as China and Japan, human waste was used as a fertilizer for their crops, specifically. It was seen as a way to recycle nutrients and promote agricultural productivity. Which, I mean, why? I mean, can you? I didn't look into that, but like, is it bad for your crops? You use animal shit anyway. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. Because I know people who use their own for like their, their, like they have like compost, not compost pile. Yeah. Like the people who like live off grid and stuff, Mm -hmm. they use their poo for their like gardens and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. I think it would be fine. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's just recycling yeah there shouldn't we be think it's wrong gross it. but how it how it's is it any different, different animal yeah fertilizer or in you know Ooh. manure manure <laughs> um but i also saw that the toilet paper kind of originated here so did you see that i did see time? that that's actually the only thing i really covered with yeah. ancient china so around the sixth century is when toilet paper was kind of like a thing in china it was traced back to them. It was in very ancient times that instead of toilet paper, they would wipe with what we talked about, stones and other natural materials like moss or leaves or pieces of ceramic. <laughs> I read they would use pieces of ceramic known as basoi. basoi. Hmm. Um, I don't, I, I would assume more of like a scraping. Like I don't know how you're using it. But in the sixth century, um, they had what was more like toilet paper. And by the early 14th century, and I forget, I think it was early on, it was made from like rice paper or something like that, or made from rice. I don't, I didn't get into yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. But um, by the 14th century, the Chinese were manufacturing toilet paper at the rate of 10 million packages of 1,000 to 10,000 sheets every year. Oh my gosh. 10 million packages every year. That's a lot. That's a lot. Of 1,000 to 10,000 sheets per package. I don't know how quickly it would go through that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's on a typical rule now. I was just going to ask if you knew that or not. No, I don't. I'll tell my head. Just my dad. What? News toilet paper. <laughs> there are 150 sheets based on a regular rule. And that's on rolls. I'm sure these weren't on rolls. They were just sheets. The average person uses 85 rolls of toilet paper per year. Um, oh. And that is nearly 13,000 sheets. 
Anyways. This, uh, yeah. So 10 million packages. I think how many people are in China. So if it's like one, if you're only, if you only need one package per year, like 10,000 sheets. Oh yeah. Well, think about like the ply maybe of it. Like, True. I wonder how it I'm was sure then. you need like 20 sheets just to yeah. go, but. So not only were they doing just normal toilet paper, they were also perfuming some of the sheets and sending them out. It was around like 1393 that they would do thousands of perfume sheets and producing them, shipping them out to people. So I don't know. I mean, I know there's some toilet paper now that it's like scented. Mm -hmm. I accidentally picked up a lavender scented one. Oh, did you? I don't know if I'd like that. Like it's not, it shouldn't be on toilet paper. You don't need it. You don't need that extra. Just clean yourself in the shower. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but by the 1700s, they were using corn cobs. Ow. Yeah. I Have you picked up a corn? Like, yeah, they're pokey. They're pokey when they like, get I dry. The they're like, the husks would make more sense. Oh my gosh. No, have you ever gotten cut by a husk? Oh, no, you're right. Awful. What they're about sharp. the um, like the little... The fuzzies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you can go right through it. your hand. You get enough of it. <laughs> okay. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe put that on the corn oh, so it's softer. Oh my gosh, that had to hurt. Yeah, I don't know. And then eventually, when newspaper, newspapers and magazines came out, they started using that. So they would, like take them with them to go poo, and then when the they're ink. done, they would use it. The ink, I feel like. Yeah, the ink, because it wasn't like it is now. Okay, so it's probably and, a little different. Yeah, well, and so magazines eventually had to stop using those because they started with oh. the polished pages. See, that's what I was picturing. Like when you like put your. Like you can get like it was still just paper. Printed. Okay, um, so maybe not as bad as what I'm picturing. But we don't know. We weren't there. <laughs> Eventually, paper became widely available in the 15th century. Except in the Western world, it was not. It wasn't until 1857 when a man named Joseph Gaiety of New York he marketed a medicated paper for the water closet. So, quote unquote, medicated paper for the water closet. So they called it a water closet. Okay. I don't love that. And so toilet paper, it's medicated paper. Why? <laughs> Why? Was that like good for marketing? I guess because I think he was, I don't know if he was, I don't think he was a doctor, but I don't know. I forget what he was. Um, but he sold in packages of 500 sheets for 50 cents. I feel like that's expensive. It does seem expensive. For, for what did time. I say? Seven, no, 1857. Mm. Maybe. I don't 50 know. cents? That was expensive. a lot like yeah, can you like early how many how much did you get again for it? Five hundred sheets. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a lot. But no, I I feel like five hundred sheets is not a lot. But you don't really know how big they are either. What if they're like like a one cheese, like a foot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe one sheet counted as a roll. Like they they weren't pre-cut. Mm-hmm. So maybe sheets counted as like a roll. Maybe. But they probably didn't have them on rolls then. I mean, maybe they did. 1857? Yes, maybe. Oh, you think that they were like, like piled, like a, mm-hmm. like how napkins or whatever mm-hmm. come out? Okay. But I don't know. I didn't actually look into it. Hmm. I'll look up the history of toilet paper. The full history. Okay. Eventually, they made perforated toilet paper rolls in 1890. That seems like not that long ago. <laughs> yeah. And then by 1930, it was manufactured finally as splinter-free. <laughs> yeah. 1930, finally, we had splinter-free toilet paper. Damn. I didn't know you could get splinters. I didn't think about splinters it. Splinters on your bum. Could you imagine? No. Not just your bum. I know. I was keeping it PG. 
<laughs> Ow. Yeah, dude. No, thank you. They would also just rinse with water or snow. Do you see anything about that? Just use snow, which that'd be easier to use than water. Right. You're trying to kind of have like exfoliant there with the snow. Oh, and I also saw that they would use fecal matter as medicine in yeah. China. So it was believed to have medicinal properties and was used to treat a variety of ailments from diarrhea to epilepsy. So you're going to eat shit to fix your diarrhea. That's wild. <laughs> the epilepsy one is very interesting. Some shit for your seizures. Yeah. How did, I mean, the testing of that. I don't think there was much testing probably. That was the test. Well, this and work. like, was epilepsy common enough then that? No, oh, God, I don't. That's why I was just I was intrigued by that. It and was. to ingest it, it, they would mix fecal matter with other ingredients and just kind of, you know, take it in. Wow. Yeah, that's wild. Need a spoonful of sugar after that one. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Poppins. Stop. I mean, I've watched it. I just I can't oh, remember God. that shit. One of these days, I feel like I'm just gonna keel over Definitely finding awesome. out some of the things you have not. Seen. <laughs> I haven't watched a lot. Have you seen? So- I grew up actually having to work on a farm, then, and I did not have movie time. My mom is gonna come at me for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, I was sat on my lazy ass and watched movies all day. Yeah, that's so. literally what my mom was going to start screaming at me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love Mary Poppins. Okay. Which I wanted to ask you, so this is totally off topic, but if anybody noticed, our reel for our last episode said, kill Bill instead of Buffalo Bill. My bad. <laughs> and it's 100% because she hasn't seen Silence of the Lake. <laughs> she didn't even think... Oh, that's not right. I sent it to you. That wasn't what you sent me in the text. I went back and read it. (gasps) You know why? Because I couldn't copy paste. Because Instagram was already was Instagram already Buffalo. I changed it. Oh, I don't know. Sorry. Have you seen Kill Bill? (laughs) Stop (laughs) it! How did that happen then? (laughs) There's too many bills to remember. Kill Bill either. Anyways, let's, we're going late. We got to okay. keep going. All right. <laughs> That's all I have for China. Okay. <laughs> I'm just, I'm going to fall out of my chair. Fuck off. Um, okay, so I'm going to backtrack okay. here. And I'm going to kind of quickly move through medieval Britain because we are kind of getting out of like ancient mm-hmm. times. And you can interject in any point. So 400 C in medieval Britain, the population had begun various habits to keep their teeth clean. And a lot of this is going to be focused on like their oral hygiene Mm -hmm. that included rinsing their mouths out with water or a mixture of vinegar and mint. And mainly I found it was to remove gunk. Like what? I saw that too. You know, everybody has like, you know, some phlegm and stuff. To describe it as gunk? To describe it that that's why you're what? Why do they have so much gunk? Are they calling plaque gunk? So get- oh, I was thinking like phlegm, but I Maybe. was thinking of like food. Okay, so it. Well, oh, think they didn't have like dentistry or stuff, so like everything mm-hmm. would get in the crevices. I was thinking of phlegm, so that makes sense. <laughs> Either way, gross. Yeah, don't say gunk. 
Um, they use bay leaves soaked in orange flower water um, for a couple of different usages, but the to clean their teeth, they mm-hmm. would soak a clean cloth in this and then like rub it on their teeth. That's something, I guess. Yeah, I'm not rubbing your teeth. Bay leaves and orange flower water. I don't know how. I don't know about that. I just at those. least you have like the you know. Yeah, it just seems like this is there to... medieval times, but the Egyptians had a little bit more going mm-hmm. with their mouthwash and toothpaste. So I think it's just kind of interesting. Yeah. But at least they weren't using urine. <laughs> True. Um, and then you know, a few hundred years later. In Britain, one pamphlet actually recommended that people keep their teeth white by rubbing their teeth with powdered fish bones and then rinsing their mouths out with a mixture of vinegar and sulfuric acid. So vinegar was very common at this time, but I just don't think that you should be rinsing um, it with sulfuric, sulfuric no, acid. No, that definitely would corrode the teeth. Yeah. That's going to do the opposite of what you want it to do. I know. Maybe they're like, oh, it's getting all, all this stuff it's out. Probably getting all the enamel. And, yeah, it was just literally eroding. <laughs> Um, so yeah, don't put sulfuric acid on any part of your body and the powdered fish bones. Yeah. I don't get that. I didn't look into that. I don't really know why. Like, so they just put powdered on fish bones and the fish bones were used just for the application process or did they believe that the fish bones were helping also? Yeah. I believe they just maybe thought it had some kind of cleansing property and they would grind up the bones and just use that as your powdered paste yeah so clearly they probably had some teeth problems from that sulfuric acid yeah especially going from 1110 ce to 1308 ce um at in that time it was calling for your barber to remove the problem teeth yes i saw you see that because like didn't dentistry kind of yeah a barber actually turned to a dentist Mm -hmm. it's not what we think of as a barber so like if basic treatments didn't fix the problem of your tooth problems a barber would remove it without any help of novocaine like anything like that pull it out get the toaster by 1308 a guide for barbers was established um and that was teaching barbers surgery surgery skills Mm mm-hmm and so, yeah, I'm picturing like you're just getting your haircut and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, like this is really bothering me. Let's mm-hmm. just pull this bitch out. Let's just do everything right here. Yeah. So interesting. But yeah, barbers became dentists. And then in 1346 to 1353, sure, we have heard of these years before, hopefully if you pay attention in history, but the Black Death pandemic swept across Europe, killing 40 to 50 percent of the population during only a four-year period. Um, and they do... We don't need to get into the origins and everything. But with this, the medieval doctors cautioned people against bathing. They felt that bathing in hot water bodies would be um, like exposing yourself to diseases through the spores that would open up, which we touched on this before with... Um, didn't we? Who did we talk about with the spores? Maybe we were just talking about this. I, I don't know. Opening the spores. But it does make sense because yes. they had the bathhouses. They had the public bathhouses. And that is where, you know, you're spreading. And they're not that clean. Yeah. So I get why they were, like, scared of bathing. But it's just, I don't know. It's really weird. And I guess Queen Isabella of Castile, um, she would boast that she only bathed twice in her life. <laughs> 
the day she was born mm-hmm. and the day she married Ferdinand of Aragon. <laughs> and they actually say that she's likely to blame for the stereotype of people being dirty during the medieval area and not bathing. So they think that they did bathe some, but she didn't. She didn't. But the doctors were cautioning them not to bathe. So I'm really, I'm not sure how much they bathed. Twice in your life, though? Yeah. So, ironically, they're saying, you know, they're cautioning people against bathing because they could get sick, but they were also aware that bathing could help cure sicknesses and illnesses, and they prescribed it for conditions from bladder stones to melancholy. (laughs) It just doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. And bathing during this time was kind of like a luxury experience. Rich people bathed on the regular and spent a lot of money to make it a luxury experience. Uh, King John apparently traveled with a bathtub and had a man, bathman under his employment, which I guess was like a very yeah. established. You want role. that job? You wanted you, that you're job. That on there too. And he bathed. He had ten baths every six months. Mm-hmm. That goes on the gravestone. Yeah, seriously. So I have a few other things that I want to get through. I know we're like dragging this out um, in our timeline. It's been a little bit all over the place, but we pretty much talked about a decent portion of ancient times, but, um, and then moving into like the medieval periods, but I want to focus on the palace of Versailles. So at that, at the time when people were living there, it ranged from like 1,000 to 5,000 people. And then at its height, it was like 10,000 people were living there. Mm -hmm. It was said that they needed a small army to keep this palace clean. And they even had to have like the royalty and the nobility, men of nobility and stuff. They were asked to clean their own apartments because they could not. Oh, just wait for the shit. They could not keep up with the the cleanliness. Like there was just so many people. It was dirty. People threw things. And then chamber pots were what they used for their toilets. Mm -hmm. The chamber pots were so full and filled to the brim that they started seeping through all the the floors. Oh, my God. It was horrific. That's disgusting. People would have to pee and poop on the floors. They said that, like, women would just find, like, a corner or whatever, and they would lift their dress, and they would just pee in place. Like, where they lived? Like, in their home? In the hallways of Palace of Versailles, which was their home. Like, there was multiple people there. And um, that kind of led to the use of what they call nosegays. And nosegays were used kind of all over the place. But that, it was made to, like, block the stench. Mm-hmm. It was typically a small bouquet of flowers or a sachet, like a sachet of herbs mm-hmm. that you would hold up to your nose or mouth or whatever. Because no matter where you walked, where no matter where you went, like, it just reeked. It's disgusting. And it wasn't that long ago. No. Um, and you know we could go through a bunch of things especially focusing on Europe because there's like the great stink of London and Mm -hmm. things like that we were just completely unsanitary we it took until like the 1900s for us to be hygienic and clean Mm -hmm. and have waste management Um, which if we wouldn't have had those setbacks if we would have followed what Imagine where we would be. Early civilizations did. We would be so much further. Mm-hmm. Just to finish up here, though, so the Aztecs, um, some of the stuff I'm pulling is from like the conquistadors mm-hmm. going and then being like, oh my God, like, what the fuck are they doing? But the Aztecs were really clean compared to the Spaniards. They employed a thousand public service cleaners to sweep and water their streets daily. Wow. They built public toilets in every neighborhood. 
and they transported human waste in canoes for use of fertilizer. Okay. So, so they had waste management. And they were using their human waste as yes. fertilizer. So back to kind of the China. Yes. Something smells amazing. It could be that. Or I just got a whiff. This over here. Okay, so from 1466 to 1478 is what I'm going to talk about kind of right now. But the Aztecs supplied their capital city with fresh water from nearby the nearby hill of uh, Chapultepec by means of two aqueducts. The first was built between 1466 and 1478, and then the second was built 20 years later by another roller. And this was like... There was a symbolic importance and a clear symbolic importance of water to Aztecs uh, because of like their metaphorical word for city was Alto Petzl, which literally means water mountain in Nahotol, which butchering these, but it's just they had they knew that water was symbolic and they held a lot of um, beliefs and religious practices to that. So this was really bizarre to the Spaniards when they came over, and a lot of it, you know, we, we don't talk about with the history, but one conquistador by the name of Hernan Cortes described the aqueducts in 1520 as the following, quote, along one of the causeways to this great city runs two aqueducts made of mortar, 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 mortar. <laughs> Each one is two paces wide and some six feet deep. And along one of them, a stream of very good fresh water, as wide as a man's body, flows into the heart of the city, and from this they all drink. The other, which is empty, is used when they wish to clean the first channel, where the aqueducts cross the bridges. The water passes along some channels, which are as wide as an ox. So they serve the whole city. Like, he was mind, like his mind was blown from mm-hmm. this. He couldn't believe it, that they had these aqueducts. It was also reported that the Aztecs would bathe twice a day and bathing off, they would bathe often every day in rivers, lakes, or pools. So kind of like the Egyptians. Mm-hmm. They did lack, quote, true soap, but they made up for it with the fruit of Copal Zoctol, Zoctol, called the soap tree by the Spanish, and the sticky root, root of Zuha Moli, or soap plant. Both of these uh, things gave a lather rich enough to wash the body and the clothes. Okay. So that's the first time we're hearing about like a lather. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, based on what mm-hmm. they were used previously, nothing would have created a lather out of those things anyway. Right. The Encyclopedic Florentine Codex, written with Aztec informants shortly after the conquest, included a small illustration and description of the amoli, which is the shortened term of the Zihamoli soap plant. So it is described as long and narrow like reeds. It has a shoot. Its flower is white. It is a cleanser. The large thick roots remove one's hair, make one bald. The small, the slender ones are cleansers, a soap. They wash, they cleanse, they remove the filth. So there's two purposes to this. Kind of like an exfoliator and then like a smoother moisturizer. The same document also frequently mentioned deodorants, which we haven't heard much about deodorants. Not much. No. Thank you. We're the only one who mentioned yeah, about no. deodorants. Yes. Breath fresheners and uh, dentifrices. Aztecs would clean themselves in low sauna-like hothouses. And this was, the hothouses were an external fire heated one of the walls 
uh, red hot, and then the bather through water on the baking wall, creating steam. Okay. The bathers could spend speed up perspiration by thrashing themselves with twigs and grasses, <laughs> which is what Russians do as well. That's so not relaxing. No. Sauna. <laughs> and almost every building had a bathhouse or a temazkali. And that they used for medical treatments and ritual purifications as well as just ordinary grooming. That must be nice to have access to that. The Florentine Codex hints at the importance of personal hygiene and documenting the instructions given by an Aztec father to his daughter. Quote, in the morning, wash your face, wash your hands, clean your mouth. Listen to me, child. Never make up your face nor paint it. Never put red on your mouth to look beautiful. Makeup and paint are things that light women use. Shameless creatures. If you want your husband to love you, dress well, wash your face, and wash your clothes. Which is kind of messed up, but I, I think it does portray like how important cleanliness was mm-hmm. to them and out of all this these might have been like one of the cleanest more structured civilizations mm-hmm. with hygiene next to the, the Egyptians were except for their waste management I feel like yeah. and the last thing I'm going to touch on is the Native Americans um, and a lot of these accounts that I like found was kind of comparing them to the Europeans and whatnot. Uh, So bear with me on some of this. But according to Native American accounts, the pilgrims did not smell pleasant when they arrived in Plymouth in the early 17th century. Does not surprise. And they actually, like, you've heard of, like, the famous Squanto, right? Mm -hmm. I guess he even tried and failed to convince them to start washing themselves. But you got to think of the time period, too. Mm -hmm. It was, like, the Black Death or the yeah was happening and stuff so they were like no we we don't want to bathe but anyway so the native americans bathed openly in rivers and streams just like the Aztecs and the egyptians Mm -hmm. most native people's teeth were in way better shape than the europeans in a comparability aspect Mm -hmm. because they clean their mouths using a variety of methods they would use wooden chew sticks to brush their teeth they chewed on fresh herbs like mint to freshen their breath and they rub charcoal on their teeth to whiten them. Mm. That's where the charcoal comes back in. Um, because of the Europeans' lack of hygiene, as we know, it was obviously a really big danger to the very hygienic uh, natives. Mm-hmm. So if we would have all been hygienic, it probably mm-hmm. would have been a little bit better. We mm-hmm. would have killed 90% of them off. Mm-hmm. I also, last thing I want to say is I don't want to forget about their inventions because we actually use a lot of the Native American inventions in medicine and public health today, but they do not get credit for it. Mm -hmm. So one, I know it's not really hygiene, but it does kind of go along with it. Syringes. Pause. Do you remember in the women's history episode, I'm pretty sure I mentioned a woman who quote unquote invented Mm -hmm. the syringe. I was thinking that, but she didn't get credit for it because someone else I think took it right. Well, no, I was just saying like this is kind of where it came from. Not really her invention, anyway. Yeah, right. So they created a method using using a sharpened, hollowed out bird bone connected to an animal bladder that could hold and inject fluids into the body. That's wild. Uh, they use this to inject medicine, irrigate wounds, clean ears, and serve as enemas. There is a Scottish doctor named Alexander Wood who was credited in 1853 for I think the first invention not we'd have to go back and see that I think the woman may have been the first medical syringe that could be yeah they also um, used many things for pain relievers 
honestly, what we use now for pain relievers comes from some of their practices. Like willow bark was ingested as an anti-inflammatory and pain reliever. They also had topical ointments to use for wounds, cuts, and bruises. Uh, Capsaicin derived from peppers was used in uh, jimson weed. I told you earlier that we'd get back to sunscreen. Mm -hmm. For hundreds of years, many native cultures had common skin applications. And this involved mixing ground plants with water to create products that protected their skin from sun. They would use sunflower oil, wallflower, and sap from aloe plants were like all mixed together and used for the sun protection. That sounds lovely. Yeah. I was thinking. Sunflower. Would you say sunflower oil, wallflower? Wallflower and sap from the aloe plants. Aloe plants. It has to be good for your skin then, too. Yeah. And there were also instances of them using animal fat and oils from fish as sunscreen. Hmm. So then we get to mouthwash and oral hygiene. Not with urine? Not with urine. Okay. Mouthwash was known to be made from a plant called gold thread to clean out the mouth. Oh, that sounds lovely, too. It also, what was used by ma- many Native culture as pain relief for teething infants or tooth infection, uh, they would use that gold thread by rubbing it onto the mm-hmm. gums. Wonder if it had like a numbing property or something. It must have. And then they also had their own suppositories. So I'm sure a lot of these civilizations probably needed something like this as we talked through it. But indigenous people throughout the Americas created suppositories from dogwood trees. And they would make small plugs uh, that were like fashioned by moistening, compressing, and inserting the dogwood to treat the hemorrhoids. Hmm. Okay. And that's all I have. <laughs> we ended on hemorrhoids. And we, we ended... What did we start with? Sewage uh, systems. Yeah, really bad waste management. Yeah. Lack of sewage systems. Poop in the streets was where we started and we ended with hemorrhoids. A lot of information about personal hygiene here. And this it doesn't even... It's just a drop in the ocean. We actually... Like, I cut out a lot of mm-hmm. the stuff I found because yeah. I was like, we're going to be here for another two hours. Yeah. Um, so we hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to send us recommendations for topics. If you have any questions, concerns about our mental health, whatever you want to talk about, let us know. You can do this on our website at uakupod.com. There's a section where you can submit your message or your questions or recommendations. You can also follow us on Instagram at uakupod. Or you can follow and like our Facebook page at Unprofessionals Asking Questions. And our email address is uaqpod at gmail.com. You can send us messages through there as well. So thank you for listening. Thank you. Hello. Bye. Bye.